to take place prior to the birth of Christ. I, I don't know that a lady finds out she's having a child and has it the next day. And so there is a process uh, to that. And so I thought it might be good for the next six weeks to look at each one of the characters that we will highlight for just a few minutes in the Christmas program. The Christmas program, we're going to uh, really have um, these characters show up in costume and talk a little bit about how life was like uh, for them. And I know they're memorizing and working real hard on it. I feel so confident that this Christmas program is going so good. So confident that Brother Tim Stiles, who's a shepherd, said, Hey, I need another copy of the script here. I, I, and here I thought you had it memorized, Tim. You got it down. You just need to review it. I got you. I got you. I am sure that the other characters that are part of this program uh, have it, could quote it for me after church this morning, uh, but we're not going to ask them to do it. Let me, let me give you the, what we're going to look at. We're going to look at Mary, and we're going to look at her submission to God. And actually, that's where we're going to look at today. We're going to look at Joseph and Joseph's trusting God. Uh, we're going to look at the wise men and their seeking of God, Herod and his rejecting of God, the shepherds and their proclaiming of God. And we're going to look at Anna. We may look at Anna next week because of Thanksgiving and her example of worshiping God. And uh, we'll probably finish this mini-series on Christmas Day, and uh, I trust the Lord will use it in our lives when I think about Mary, I cannot help but think of an example of submission. Obviously, nine months or so before she was to have baby Jesus, she was approached by an angel. And that angel gave her news that really would change her life forever. And I want to call your attention this morning to Luke chapter number 1, And follow along as I begin reading in verse number 26. The Bible says this, And in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. 
Although she had a few questions, when I think of Mary, I can't help but come to this verse where Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. Let's ask the Lord to meet with us this morning. Lord, we love you today. And Lord, we need you. Lord, I thank you for the privilege to have your word. And I thank you, Lord, for the privilege to have the example here of Mary. Lord, we know she was a human being just like we are. And yet, Lord, she said what sometimes comes hard for us to say. Be it unto me according to thy word. Lord, I pray that you would meet with us. I pray, Lord, that you would be glorified. We recognize if any works to be done here, you must do it. And so, Lord, I ask that you would have your will and way in our lives. Glorify yourself, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. In the early days of the Ultimate Fighting Championship, we know it as UFC fighters, who had mastered their respective martial arts, they came together to participate in a tournament to see which martial art was the best. As many people know, Royce Gracie and his Brazilian jiu-jitsu reigned supreme over all others in the first two tournaments. It was then that submission fighting became a necessity for all mixed martial artists and that the sport went from best in your respective martial art to best in all aspects of martial arts, which is the product that we know and love today, jiu-jitsu. It is based off of control of your opponent's stature and ability to manipulate their limbs for submissions and chokes and is the most prominent of all submission fighting techniques around. Unfortunately, when it comes to submission, that's how a lot of people view submission. I need to do what I can do to get others to do what I want them to do. Really, that's what that uh, martial arts jiu-jitsu, right? You're getting others to submit to you, sometimes we can embrace a view of submission where we try to get God to do what we want him to do for us. You heard about the captain of a ship that looked into the dark night and saw faint lights in the distance. Immediately, he told, he sent a, he told a signalman to send a message. Alter your course 10 degrees south. Promptly, a return message was received. Alter your course 10 degrees north. The captain was angered. His command had been ignored, so he sent a second message. Alter your course 10 degrees south. I'm a captain. Soon after, another message was received. Alter your course 10 degrees north. I am a seaman third class, third class Jones. Immediately, the captain sent a third message, knowing the fear it would evoke. Alter your course 10 degrees south. I am a battleship. Then came the reply. Alter your course 10 degrees north. I am a lighthouse. Sometimes submission is difficult for people. Charles Spurgeon said this, A lack of submission is no new or rare fault in mankind. Ever since the fall, it has been the root of all sin. From the moment when our mother Eve stretched out her hand to pluck the forbidden fruit and her husband joined her in setting up the human will against the divine, the sons of men have universally been guilty of a lack of conformity to the will of God. 
They choose their own way and will not submit their wills. They think their own thoughts and will not submit their understanding. They love earthly things and will not submit their affections. Man wants to be his own law and his own master. And I think Charles Spurgeon was right. And yet when we read our text, we read of Mary. Obviously, Mary's a normal human being like we are. And God sends an angel to Mary and gives her some news. Can you imagine being Mary? <laughs> she was kind of thrown off a little bit. You're going to have a child. Just the fact of the angel coming brought fear. She's from Nazareth, and we know Nazareth wasn't much of a city until Jesus came. It was not held in high regard by the Jewish people of Jesus' day. It was considered to be a small village not worthy of notice or attention and all. That's why Philip said to Nathaniel, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Mary was told she's going to have a baby. She's told an impossibility. She said, how in the world am I going to do this when I have not known a man? Sometimes we struggle with fear when we're asked to submit. Sometimes we know, I've known people that know that God wants them to preach. And they surrender to preach in 7th grade, 8th grade, or whatever. And then for years, knowing what God wants them to do, I'm going to pursue this, I'm going to pursue this, and I'm going to, five, six, seven years later, they come back and say, I've known what God has wanted me to do for some time, but I've been doing my own thing. When I look at this story with Mary, God's asking her to submit to his will. I immediately think of the resistance that could come, the, the questions that would uh, they, they could come in our mind. When, when, when we think about her submission, her submitting to what God's asking her to do would affect her reputation, would it not? It could. Imagine her friends, imagine people. It seems to me like people get the good news, but sometimes they don't get the bad news. I remember when my wife was pregnant with our first child, we had a miscarriage, so we lost the baby, and everybody was excited that we were having a baby, but not everybody got the word. And there were some that said, girl, you ain't even showing, you know, after four or five months, and she had to break the bad news to them, right? Imagine Mary. I mean, oh, you're having a baby? We don't know how word spread. We know how word spreads now, right? Facebook, and I mean, word spreads fast. What hurt her reputation? I heard her reputation amongst not just her friends, but amongst her family. Hey, it could affect her relationship if she submits. Think about this. We already know what Joseph was thinking. We find that in Matthew. We already know that Joseph was thinking, maybe Mary could have been thinking, if I submit to and do what God wants me to do, this could mess up my relationship with Joseph, the man she loved. It might affect her relationships with other people in her life. As I think about her submission, and by the way, these are some challenges I think we find for ourselves. If I am all out for God and, and I just sell out to God, uh, when Stephen, he's been traveling, he's in Florida today, Lord willing, he made it. He said when he first got on the team, he was a little out of his comfort zone at first. He said, why? Because they said to him, whenever you find teams, wherever you are, you got to go get them and invite them. Like anywhere? Like, yeah, here they are at Berkeley. Hey, man, we just we got to come to this event. He said they were very aggressive, and, and he loves it. He said, I loved it. This, this was great. He said, at first, what was he concerned about? <laughs> a little out of our comfort zone? 
Hey, uh, sometimes the relationships, I've known people to not trust Christ as Savior because they're worried about their family and what their family's going to think and their family's going to disown them. Think about this. If Mary submitted to God, it, might, it would affect her responsibilities, would it not? She would go from being a, 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 a single gal to mothering a child. When God asks us to do something, he always brings something to the table that enables us to do that. I, I want you to look at verse number 38, and I want us to just see, just for a minute, and then we're going to get into the message. Mary does not have all her questions answered. By the way, don't be that guy. i got to have all the questions answered before I'm willing to do it. i got to have every stone on. Don't, don't be that guy. God's patient with her. He answers some of her questions. She still has got other questions. But she says this, Behold the handmaid. That word means a slave. The humblest status of servitude. I am God, your slave. Behold the handmaid of the Lord. And then she says this, Be it unto me. I'm not worried about my reputation. I'm not worried about relationships. I'm not worried about responsibilities. I'm worried about it. Be it unto me according to thy word. Be it unto me. I want to look at what surrounds her decision of submission. And I want to ask God to use it to help us. I don't know about you. When I got saved, I got saved. But it was years later that I really totally surrendered everything to the Lord. It's ideal when someone recognizes that they're a sinner, they need a Savior, they trust Christ as Savior, and as the Apostle Paul, they say, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And sometimes that happens for people at salvation. They get saved and they get surrendered. But sometimes, as the hymn writer put, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. Sometimes we can have a tendency to go in and out, if you would, of submission. And I want us to see that when God asks us to do something, with our submission comes God's enablement. And I want us to see, first of all, the call to submit comes with privilege. The call to submit comes with privilege. Look at verse number 28. And the angel came unto her and said, Hail, thou that are highly favored. We'll see this in a minute. The Lord is with thee. And then look at this phrase here. Blessed art thou among women. Mary, you've been chosen of all the women in the world to be the mother of Jesus. We think about sometimes the responses of others might have said, I don't know if I want to do this. Uh, This is going to be inconvenient. People might make fun of me. I don't know how this can be done. Hey, I'm a young person. I, 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 got my, I still got my life ahead of me. Hey, well, sometimes excuse me, I'm not talented. We think concerning all that she could have said, but she saw it as a privilege to be used of God in this way. Sometimes I think we take our salvation, if we would, for granted. When you die, you're going to heaven to be with Jesus for all eternity. We told this lady yesterday, I asked just a simple question, would you rather have $100 or a million dollars? 
no, tri no strings attached, and most everybody says a million. Why? Because it's way more than a hundred. We're going to live here on earth maybe a hundred years, if that, and most it's before that. And we're going to live a million years somewhere else. This world's not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures ought to be laid up somewhere beyond the blue. And you know what? The fact that we are saved is a privilege. But the fact that God not only saves us, he says, I want to use you now to make a difference. Do we see serving God as a duty? Do we see it as a drudgery? Or do we see it as a privilege? It's a privilege for us to be God's mouthpiece. He could have used angels. He could have used Balaam's donkey talk. He could have used animals, made us quiet. Can you imagine living in a world where we can't talk and the animals can? You know, your dog talks to my dog, go to the zoo, and they're all talking, and we're just looking around staring at them, you know, maybe wagging our heads or trying to communicate. Hey, God could have done. He, he chose you, and he chose me. And it's a privilege for the King of kings and Lord of lords to use us. Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter number 12, or chapter number 1, excuse me, there is no chapter number 12. In 1 Timothy chapter number, I hate it when that happens. In 1 Timothy chapter number 1, he said, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who hath enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, putting me in the ministry who was before a blasphemer. Look, if anybody was not worthy, I was not worthy. I was a blasphemer. I was a persecutor. I was injurious. I, but I obtained mercy, and God's grace was exceeding abundant. Why did God use the Apostle Paul in such a way? Because he said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? It is a privilege for us. Do you know the Bible says that you and I are able ministers of the New Testament? You say, yeah, I got weaknesses. Yeah, we all do. Hey, I got feelings. You don't understand what I did yesterday or last week or last month. You don't understand. It doesn't matter because the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. And none of us here did anything as bad as the apostle Paul did. And he said, God was faithful and allowed me to serve him in the ministry. God has allowed you to take the good news of Jesus Christ and share it with other people. Hey, God has allowed you to be an encouragement and a blessing. Isn't it awesome to be able to be picked and say, God wants me? We have a Thanksgiving football game. This story came to mind as I was thinking about this. Silly little story. But we have a Thanksgiving football game every Thanksgiving. Okay, on Thanksgiving Day. We meet here in the morning. My boys, for some reason, get here early, and so I just get here at the very last minute. And I try to put other people in charge, just come in and tell me what I'm doing here I am, and I'm just there to be a good dad. You know what I'm saying? And you can come. You say, I can't play football. Just come. We need some referees, and it's all good. It's, it's a fun time. One year, I, I don't even like to be part of choosing teams. I always put Dr. Brown in charge of this, and uh, I, he played football in high school. I mean, we got a, we got a football player in the midst, so I, I let him be in charge of this. And, and so I, I just tell me who I'm playing, what team. One year, I remember this, my son, well, I don't even know which son it was, but it sticks with me. You know, you always pick the best people first, you know. You, you kind of say, I got this guy, and this guy looks good. Tyler looks like he can tackle. I'm going to get Tyler, but we don't play tackle. And I remember one year, I was, like, picked second by one of my kids. I was like, you know, I'm the old guy on the block. Why is he picking me? But I remember thinking... That was kind of cool. I don't know what happened in the game, but I thought, 
that was kind of cool, you know. My, my son picked me second. I mean, that's pretty wild. I don't expect to be picked till about fifth or sixth. It's cool that the God of heaven, that's one day said, let there be light, and boom, there's the sun, and there's the moon, and there's the stars, and he said, I want you to serve me. Oh, sometimes ministry can be taxing. I get it. You go knock on the door, people slam the door in your face. I get it. You try to help somebody, they misunderstand. You try to say something, and they and they it gets all twisted around and comes back to you that I get all that. We're all human beings, but you know what? We're serving the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We're co-laborers together with God. Uh, actually, I'll talk about that later. Another point. I'm a soldier in the army of the King of Kings. It's a privilege when God calls for submission, and he does, it comes with privilege. Number two, it comes with power. Luke chapter number one and verse 28, Hail thou that are highly favored. Look at verse number 30. Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. The word translated favor is the same word that the lady sang about, grace. It is found 130 times in the New Testament, and it is translated grace more than any other time. We know it means unmerited favor. But when I look at this, I see a God that chose Mary, that chose to use her and enable her, and we will see this as we get closer to the Christmas story, and protect her. The grace of God is awesome. We think about submitting. I'm submitting to God. It's a privilege for me to be used of God. But when I submit and say, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? God promises his divine help. God promises his grace. When the Apostle Paul was asked to serve with a thorn in the flesh, he, he came to the conclusion, God told him, my grace is sufficient for thee. Hudson Taylor said this concerning grace, it does not matter where he places me or how. That is rather for him to consider than for me. For the easiest positions, he must give grace. And in the most difficult, his grace is sufficient. So if God places me in great perplexity, must not he give me much guidance, in positions of great difficulty, much grace, in circumstances of great pressure and trial, much strength, as to work, mine was never so plentiful, so responsible, so difficult, but the weight and strain are gone because his resources are mine, because he is mine. Someone wrote this, God hath not promised skies always blue, flowered, strewn pathways all our lives through. God has not promised sun without rain, joy without sorrow, peace without pain. But God has promised strength for the day, rest for the labor light for the way, grace for the trials, help from above, unfailing sympathy, undying love, God's grace, his power comes with submission. I'm so thankful. God wasn't going to say to Mary, hey, Mary, you're going to have a baby. Yeah, but how's this going to be? I don't know. Figure it all out, but it's all going to happen. See you later. No, no, no. God's grace was with her. And is what carried her through. And when we submit to God, we're submitting to a God that says, hey, I'm going to give you my grace. I'm going to give you my help. 
and it will be sufficient. And we know God's able to make all grace abound toward us. Number three, the call to submit not only comes with privilege and power. I alluded to this earlier. It comes with partnership. Look at what he says in verse number 28. The Lord is with thee. God is with thee. What a great statement. We don't have to go far in the word of God to see God's presence with his people. In Genesis chapter 26, God told Isaac, fear not, I'm with thee. In Exodus chapter 3 and verse number 12, when God called Moses, he said this, certainly I will be with thee. In Joshua 1 and verse number 5, Moses died and God says to Joshua, as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. In Jeremiah chapter number 1 and verse 8, God told Jeremiah, be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee. In Acts chapter number 18 and verse number 9 and 10, God told Paul, be not afraid, but speak and hold not thy peace, for I am with thee. And then he said, I have much people in this city. They were working together. There was a partnership. Isn't it cool when you read the Great Commission in the book of Matthew? As a matter of fact, let's turn there real quick. We can take an extra minute. Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter number 28 and and verse number uh, 20 is where we're going to focus. But I want to get started in verse number 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, He's given them the Great Commission in Matthew. And we see it in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and the book of Acts. But he says this, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. I have all authority. I'm telling you now to go and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. All right? You need to go and win people to Christ, teaching them to observe all things which I have commanded you to baptize, and I want you to disciple them. And look at this next phrase, And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. You know one of the hardest things I find for us sometimes as Christians to do is to be a witness. And, and so God makes sure that he has this phrase Right there, tucked in with the Great Commission, I am with you always. So you're going to go and knock on doors, and it might be a little scary for you, but I'm right there by your side. I said it, we're co-laborers together with God. We're workers together with Him. And so when I submit to God and say, yes, Lord, be it unto me, I'll do what you want me to do, God says, this is great because I'm going to be right there by your side. I thought about the story in Daniel. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego get thrown in the fiery furnace. And what does Nebuchadnezzar say? He looks up. He's all astonished. Whoa. There's four people in there. I don't know how he knew all this, but the form of the fourth was like the Son of God. You think about that. Hey, uh, Scripture says when we go through the fiery trial, I am with thee. I think we make submission so hard. You ask a young person, you see, are you totally surrendered to the Lord? Well, yeah, kind of. Why Why is it so hard for us to say, be it unto me, Lord, whatever it is you want? We don't want to experience pain. We don't want to experience, we don't want to be out of our comfort zone. But God says, look, it's a privilege. Do you know it's a privilege for us sometimes to suffer physical ailments? I don't like that. 
but it is. If the Apostle Paul didn't have a thorn in the flesh and didn't claim God's grace in his life, boy, we go to that verse a lot, don't we? Hey, uh, God says, hey, I'm going to enable you. God says, hey, I'm going to be there right with you. Number four, and lastly, submission comes with promise. Go back to our text in Luke. Luke chapter number one. And I want you to see verse number 35. And the angel answered, verse 35, Luke 1, answering one of her questions. The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Verse 37, we all know and love, for with God nothing shall be impossible. You see... When God asks us to submit, we get a promise. He guarantees the success of the mission. Someone said, great works of God rarely start in big places with big people. Instead, they usually start in small places with little people who have a big commitment and a big faith to be used of God. They believe God at his word. Good things can come from your Nazareth if you follow Mary's example of dedication and devotion. Think about the promises that we find in the word of God. I love this verse. If you don't know this verse, you need to memorize this verse. 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse number 24. The Bible says this, Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. Sometimes we have a hard time submitting because we think, well, it's not going to be a success. I'm going to be. Our focus, our lack of submission is really a self-centered focus. And surrounding Mary's, be it unto me, she has so much that God gives her. And that so much is what God gives us. Again, we can think through the word of God. Moses, lift your rod and the Red Sea will part. Poof, it did. Joshua, walk around the walls of Jericho and they're going to fall down. Poof, they did. You see, God's promises. God's never hurt anybody. The thoughts that he thinks are thoughts of peace and not of evil. Wow. Why is it hard to say, I surrender all to a God that loves us so much? You know what else is interesting? Is not only do we know the character of God, but we can look at lives of individuals that have said, not me, I'm doing my own thing. And we see the end result. We scratch our head and we go, look at what's going on in their life because they chose to not serve God. That alone ought to motivate us to say, hey, I don't want that. I want to serve God. Be it unto me according to thy word. Surrender. Submission. Sometimes we chafe at it. But it's a good thing. And God used Mary. And every year, this Christmas season, she'll be highlighted in many churches all across. Not because Mary was something special. Because Mary was a bond slave, a servant that said, Lord, I'm yours. Be it unto me. That needs to be our same attitude. Whatever you want, Lord, 
Taiwan.